And may the blessing of Almighty God be in your heart and on your lips. You might worthily proclaim the gospel, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. What manner of man is the prophet? That's the opening question in the magisterial work of the rabbi Abraham Heschel in his two-volume books on, on two-volume study on the prophets of the Old Testament. It's a very, very important and valuable question. It's a great beginning point. Who are these guys, after all, that we find throughout the scriptures who have this powerful, powerful mission to somehow or other take God's word, God's will, God's very heart and present it to, to God's people. What manner of man, what manner of person are these prophets anyway? And there, there's no way that we could summarize all that Abraham Heschel teaches about the prophets in those great two volumes that he writes about them. But we can get a little entree into the answer to that great question just from today's scripture readings. We have this beautiful reading from early in the book of the prophet Ezekiel in which Ezekiel accepts his mission from God. God kind of grabs this guy 
He's, he's out, you know, kind of doing his own thing, doing his own business, taking care of his own life. And suddenly, God kind of takes his heart and grabs him and says, I want you to be my spokesman. More than a spokesman, I want you to be a witness. I want you to, to live my word, my will, my very heart among this, this crazy, rebellious, hard-necked, stiff-necked, hard-faced, obstinate people of my, that I've chosen as my own. And, and Ezekiel says yes to this. And it, 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 this beautiful, intimate dialogue shows already kind of what manner of person Ezekiel is as a prophet. It begins with this close, personal relationship with God. He can hear God's voice, and he can sort of absorb that and make it his own, and he can speak that voice then to, to the people. That's, that's one part of being a prophet, of saying yes to that, that powerful intimacy with God so that we become God's voice. That's the work of the prophet. But then there's the hard part. The hard part is then going to the people with God's word, with God's will, with, with God's very heart, and saying to them in, in sometimes words and sometimes gestures, look, you folks, you are doing it wrong. You are acting wrongly. You are not following God's way. And of course, this is almost always met with rejection, with refusal, or, or maybe at worst, with just apathy. It's a hard job that the prophet takes on. It's a thankless job that the prophet takes on. Because who wants to hear anyone else telling them that they're not as good as they think they are? That they're not as holy as they think they are? They're not as close to God as they presume themselves to be. So Ezekiel goes to his own people. He doesn't go out to the strangers. He doesn't go out to the Babylonians. That's not his work. His work is to go to God's people, his people, to the people of Israel, and confront them with their hard faces, to confront them with their obstinate hearts, to confront them in their rebellion, so that they will know a prophet has been among them, so that they will know that God is speaking to them and asking them to grow up for a change. That gives us a wonderful entree into what manner of person is the prophet. Now, if we were to presume that the era of prophecy ends with the Old Testament, you know, you got all these big names. You got Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel and Hosea, and then you get up to John the Baptist, and it all sort of ends there. We would, of course, be sorely wrong. We know from the gospel today that Jesus saw himself as a prophet, that he sees himself as extending and continuing the ministry and the mission, the vocation of the prophet to his own people, to Israel, just as the others did. He says of himself, no prophet is welcomed in his own land. Jesus clearly sees himself as a prophet. He too, in a sense, was grabbed by God, his Father, and he shares an intimacy with God so that he can hear God's voice and it can echo and resonate within him and he can speak that voice. 
And that's his mission to Israel, first and foremost, to his own people, to go to them and say to them yet again, you are being hard-faced. You're being obstinate of heart. You're being rebellious. And of course we know that just like the prophets of old, just like Ezekiel, Jesus finds himself feeling, experiencing powerful rejection, even from his own people, from the very people of Nazareth, the people he grew up with. And we can kind of understand their reaction. You know, Jesus, who made you, you know, a prophet? You know, you're, you're no different from us. How dare you tell us we're wrong? How dare you tell us we're not holy? How dare you tell us that we're, you know, we're not doing God's will. We're not following his way. Why, we knew you when you were a snot-nosed kid walking the streets of Nazareth, breaking windows and playing with matches. And so, Jesus too experiences that same rejection even as he brings the ministry to prof of prophecy to its, to its height, to its maximum extent, the very word of God, the very presence of God, now speaking face to face to God's people, and still they don't get it. Still they reject, still they walk away, and still they plot against the prophet even as they did across the ages. What manner of person is the prophet? Jesus shows us yet again what happens to the prophet, how he is grabbed by God, how he hears in his intimate prayer the voice of God, how he shares that voice with his people, and how the people could care less. Now, it's easy for us to say, well, that's all fine and good. It's hard life, that of the prophet. Jesus was the perfect prophet, so I guess the era of prophets having already experienced one perfect prophet, the very word of God made flesh, speaking to us, living God's word, well, that's all over now. We had, we had that perfect prophet, didn't we? And of course we would be wrong if we thought the era of prophecy were over suddenly with Jesus' time. We, we know, especially from St. Paul's writings, that in our baptism, we receive a share of the prophet's spirit as well. It's part and parcel of what we are given when we are washed in the waters of baptism and born anew into Jesus Christ as members of Jesus Christ. We too share in his perfect mission of being prophet to God's people. Paul expresses that over and over again in his writings and today in his letter to the Corinthians, he makes it very personal. Paul is in this situation where he too has to be a prophet even after Jesus. He's, he's an apostle to the Gentiles, but to the Jewish Christians back in Jerusalem, he has to be a prophet. He has to say to them, you know, including Peter, Peter, you're being rather hard-necked here. 
You're being rather hard-hearted. You're being rather stiff-faced. You're being obstinate. You're being rebellious to God's will, to Jesus' way. They're saying, no, we're not. We're good apostles. We're the ones that knew him and all that stuff. And he says, no. But your opposition, your opposition to me in the ministry of bringing the gospel free of charge to anyone and everyone who will accept it, even the Gentiles, even the people who are not Jews, you're fighting that. And that's not Jesus' way. And we know that Paul, when he brought that prophetic truth to the apostles in Jerusalem and to the other followers of Jesus in Jerusalem, experienced rejection, refusal, opposition. He had people following him from town to town. He would go to Corinth, and as soon as he would leave Corinth to go to Ephesus, they would sweep into Corinth and say to the people, everything Paul told you is all a bunch of bourgeois. It's, it's, it's nonsense. You have to be good Jews before you can be Christians, and that includes circumcision, circumcision, gentlemen. And, and Paul's going crazy with these guys that are following, trailing him all around. And one of the things they say about Paul is, oh, he writes these beautiful letters, but in real life he's weak. We've met him, we know him, he's weak. He's got all these faults and failings, he's weak. And Paul, today in his letter to the Corinthians, writes back to them and says, they say I'm weak. Well, I am weak. He, he takes the accusation and he turns it into a prophetic message to his people and to us. Because he, he says, yes, I'm weak. I am weak in ways you don't even know. I have faults and failings and thorns in the flesh that I'm not even going to tell you about. Yes, I am weak. But in weakness, there is strength. In my weakness, I am strong. Because I'm weak, Jesus can work. Jesus can live. Jesus can be proclaimed. And, and that powerful message goes to the very heart of the gospel. He finds a new way through that accusation against him, using his prophetic spirit, the prophetic spirit of Jesus himself, to reveal the simple, beautiful truth about Jesus and about himself, about all of us. It's not in strength, it's not in power, it's not in greatness that the gospel is proclaimed. It's in our weakness that the gospel is proclaimed. And hearts are made new. And hard faces are softened. And obstinate hearts are healed. And rebellious Nations come to know God. That same portion of the spirit of the prophet that Paul so beautifully portrays in his letter to the Corinthians also belongs to us as baptized members of the body of Christ. The gifts of the Holy Spirit, what are they that we receive in baptism and confirmation? Almost all of them are prophetic gifts, the gift of wisdom, the gift of zeal, the gift of fear of the Lord, the gift of courage. And so 
yet again, we are asked what manner of person is the prophet. And we see in Ezekiel, and we see in Jesus, and we see in Paul, and we see in countless other Christians through the ages that the prophet is us. And it is our responsibility to maintain an intimate relationship with God so we can hear his word. It's our responsibility to speak that word to God's people and to the world. It's our responsibility to, to accept the rejection that comes with that and find grace in that. And it's our responsibility to join the prophets of old and the prophets of now in, in softening the hardened faces, in healing the obstinate hearts, and in bringing rebellious people back to the knowledge of the loving, true God that we know in Jesus of Nazareth.